everybody, welcome back to the Great great and Terrible Oz. Um, it's going to be weird because the episode after this, I'm going to say we don't know what the title is, but I know what the title is now. <laughs> Whoa! We had to come back and re-record episode two because there were some weird file management issues. So is life and so is me. So just if you're wondering why it sounds like we uh, have we- more chemistry and have warmed up more and have done like four episodes <laughs> before this one, it's because we have! <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. Once again, with me is uh, Liz, Miss Shadow, Lovely, and Slow Beef. But hey, everybody, what's good? <laughs> Going Hello. on. I just want it, whatever those issues were, not my fault. Okay, absolutely, definitely not yeah. Slow Beef. Yeah, no. definitely, definitely not. Definitely not this old piece of shit. No, <laughs> not like I've, I haven't been doing this very long. All this stuff. So you know, whatever. Leaning in, lifting up his glasses. Oh, where are the files? <laughs> I never delete. This. We're all looking I for the guy who did the this. Thing. Kills me. It's not fair. Oh my god! Forsaken me, content gods. Anyway, truly the showing up to school with no pants dream, but in real life. God, the I mean the the interesting part now is now I have a lot of like foresight in what happens, and I somehow still can't believe it it's gonna be interesting going back and revisiting episode two now that we've done episode four because this show (laughs) truly goes a trillion miles an hour like sometimes they introduce and like fill out plot threads so quickly that it's baffling and hard to remember what theoretically led into them so um, right. I guess yeah. Let's let's get to it. You want to start us off beef with uh you, <laughs> with scene one, which is you got waking it. up um, with the uh, ending episode one, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's one point of order that we did clarify even the previous time we recorded this, which was we didn't mention this in the first episode, but Gary, the cashier at Fields Market, who uh, oh, right. the you know MAGA hack guy who Ali sees, by the way, he is missing a hand. You should know. Maybe it'll come up later. It will. Um, You know, but that's something you should know. But at any rate, where we last left our hero, uh, Allie, she went to bed and there's a clown with her. Oh, my gosh. And we're going with that. She wakes up and then she runs down. He goes, there's a clown upstairs in bed with me. And she left Oz up there because at first Ivy's like, we're calling the police. And then she's like, well, Oz is upstairs. And... Ivy doesn't say you left our son upstairs with a killer <laughs> clown or whatever. So um, she's like, all right. She grabs a knife and she goes upstairs to handle this clown. But, but predictably, of course, there's no clown there. And then Allie's like, maybe there's something wrong with me. But um, so then they, Allie and Ivy kind of have that sympathetic hookup. But then the clowns start menacing Oz, you know, and he yells and they run. And she's like, and he's like. You know, oh no, Twisty, but it was all a dream. Oh, it was Twisty and the one with the three noses, but, you know, it was all a dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- yeah. yeah. And yeah, really bad at hiding from clowns, yeah. I gotta say. Yeah, like, immediately puts himself in a corner. Just uh, just terrible looping. Terrible looping. Yeah. Find a window, at dude. Li- literally. Like, yeah. out of something, Every man. Every time Come on. Oz interacts with a clown, he has, like, the worst possible interaction. There's this interaction, and then in a later episode, like, he hides behind a clear shower curtain, and then... There's one mm-hmm. time where he wakes up and is like, am I sleeping? And the clown's like, yep. And then he just goes back to sleep. Like, Oz really does not have um, handling the... Cl- well, then again, now that I think about it, Allie's his mom. So <laughs> he, that actually makes a lot of sense. That's who he gets it from. 
That right. makes a lot of sense. I was going to say, maybe maybe we do need more winter in Oz's life. Maybe hiring winter was a good move. <laughs> maybe we need a little little Wednesday Adams spirit in how to handle a spooky clown properly let's, from this child. Let's leave it at the jury still out on, whether, on how good a babysitter winter is. <laughs> um, I'm from the future, and I can say... Bad. Winter is bad at her job. I mean, to be fair, I, even where we're at right now, retrospectively, in episode two, we already know Winter, not a great babysitter. Not a great babysitter <laughs> at all. Shit, is she a bad babysitter? <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so I do, I have a very specific um, thing that we cannot breeze past, which is the cookie breathing. Um <sighs> We we had to go down a rabbit hole the first time we recorded this episode because I was beside myself because when Allie first like starts losing her shit because of the clowns in this episode, um, Ivy like kind of grabs her by the hands slash face and says, do your cookie breathing, do your cookie breathing. And I, <laughs> I had an out of body experience during that scene because I did not know what cookie breathing is. We now know that it is a technique used to calm children typically like you imagine um i guess smelling freshly yeah and try to smell it <laughs> yeah, in. yeah the idea is it, it's to get a kid to like breathe in slowly and then breathe out slowly because if you tell a child to breathe deep a lot of times they'll just immediately start going <gasps> yeah <gasps> right. like, no 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 not like that <laughs> yeah. like, you're gonna make yourself pass out you little ding dong like, right <laughs> and, uh, just thinking about not an adult though an adult you just go deep breaths yeah. deep breaths and then they would go okay like it is inherently more demeaning, I think, no matter what, to tell someone cookie breathing yeah. instead of just like, yo, slow down, deep breaths, come on, let's, <laughs> let's think for a second. Like, there are ways to tell an adult to, like, chill, slow, slow, yeah. slow down. But, like, it is not, do your cookie breathing, do your cookie breathing. <laughs> I think do one of the writers breathing. just, like, heard that term earlier that week and was like, I have to include this somehow. I have to include this <laughs> I'm, in this episode. I'm writing the most hateable character there is. Even I hate her, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I also like I didn't mention it the first time we recorded this but I apparently made a note about um both Allie and Ivy having a bunch of Trader Joe's bags on the wall <laughs> and I never brought it up <laughs> but that seemed like a really relevant uh a really relevant detail to bring up at the time <laughs> world building <laughs> so uh, this is where we get Kai runs for mayor, right? Yeah, because we have At a news point, report. Or I'm sorry, city councilman, which yeah. is <laughs> yes. And <laughs> the, there's the news report by uh, by Beverly, who th- does all the news reports in this town. It seems like, um, and uh, you know, he, yeah, basically he's uh, uh they they like kind of talk to eyewitnesses, um, who uh, you know, who like say you know yeah like that they're where they're worried about crime and then kai himself is on the news at like a little pulpit saying like you know trump called these mexicans rapists and the pc police excoriated him for it well look at my face michigan you know so like um because yeah, yeah reminder he peed in balloons and threw them at people and then got beat up no, for a it. Right. he peed in a condom he could have yeah, peed in a balloon exactly. like a sane person, but he peed like in a, a sane clown, instead. right? Is that, <laughs> is that like I guess it's better, right? Wouldn't the way to do okay? Wouldn't the way to do it be like use an included like water pump or some kind of thing and like pee into a container and then pump it? Yeah, you know, there's- I, every time I think about. Kai's condom 
pee trick, it fucking makes me mad. <laughs> it's like so dumb. <laughs> Do your condom breathing. It's okay. <laughs> Do your condom breathing, Kai. Do your condom breathing. <laughs> I hate how much sense that actually makes in context with later episodes. Like, <laughs> the Kai arc is truly wild. We have really cursed for- foresight at this point, and it is truly cursed. <laughs> It really is, yeah. It's, it's, so K- Kai is announcing he's running for city council, which, yeah, it is the position of the guy who was just murdered, which, mm-hmm. yeah, nobody, nobody's like, let's have a cool down on that. Everyone's <laughs> like, we need to fill city councilmen immediately. Yeah. This city will fall to shambles and if it's down a councilman. Like, <laughs> to add insult to injury, not even like days before this specific councilman is murdered, he has a very public altercation with Kai. So like Kai truly just was like, huh, I'm sure no one will think this is odd that I have a very public falling out with this uh, councilman and then he's murdered and then I run for his position on the board. That certainly raises no eyebrows. That's a totally normal and non-suspicious thing to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Well, it's not like Kai stands out either. Like, he has big blue hair or something (laughs) in a damn city council meeting. Damn it, none of this works. But anyway. And he doesn't look like a like a weird little creep trying to slunk into a suit and get away with something. Yeah, he look. He um, always three looks three dirty creepy. kids in a suit in a trench coat. Yeah, <laughs> I, Kai truly is three posters from Four Ten in a trench yeah. coat. Like this may mean nothing to anybody else besides me, but I can't describe it. Kai looks like he would smell like an empty Burger King bag, like a bag that's absorbed all the grease from like specifically burger king food um and that is not a positive trait that is not a uh, that is not a councilman trait to have in my personal opinion passive grease yeah <laughs> burger king grease so, specifically the so kai announces that he's running for city council um then we get ali at home spying on the new neighbors um like freaks out on seeing one of them in a beekeeper outfit with some barrels yeah. Yeah, is immediately suspicious of the neighbors. Um, and then like a <laughs> rational sane person, she immediately storms out across the street and starts uh, snooping in the windows instead of just, you know, talking to the person who is in the garage wearing the beekeeper outfit. I, I Like the way yeah. that she, it presents her looking through the windows, it looks like she's looking for the dead bodies as if they didn't like remove them from the crime scene or <laughs> and- something. And also, she's, like, yeah. such a coward, like, before, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, hmm, time for Allie to investigate. Like, where did that come from, Allie? Where did we get brave? That, you know, get out of here. Also, I, f- I think they were trying to sell it as, like, there were a bunch of barrels of mysterious chemicals and then a guy in, like, a hazmat suit. Yeah. But, like, it's pretty clearly a beekeeper's outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of like... Oh, there's a there's a beekeeping guy, and you you ran away. Like, wouldn't you just be like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. Oh, you moved in. That's weird. Someone just died here. Like, the blood isn't dry yet. <laughs> yeah, they, are, they literally didn't sure even clean it off. They didn't clean it before selling the house. It's super weird. And you're you're not yeah. gonna keep bees like right in a suburb, right? Or are you good at that? Or maybe I should check on that because I have a kid. Well, anyway, actually, yeah, that's a good point. 
I feel like there's probably some zoning laws involved in keeping bees, huh? There's probably well, some kind of regulation. Well, that's what Councilman Chang was in charge of, but he's dead now. So now Thank- what are we oh, going to do? Oh, that's the deal is Kai said, okay, you two film me getting beat up. And in exchange, I'll pass a regulation that lets <laughs> you have bees. Stupid government <laughs> interference with the bees. Duh. <laughs> Oh. And um, yeah, so we we cut back to the butchery. Um, oh, she gets caught by they're... the way. Allie gets totally busted oh, yeah. looking in the windows by the guy in the beekeeper suit. He's like, "Hey, can I help you?" Because she's like totally snooping in their windows, and then she just like says nothing and runs away. Which you know, like, again, yeah. totally stable human being behavior. And she's going across the street, so it's not even like she escaped or something, you know? It's like, oh, I better get the heck out of here before he finds me. Yeah, like, she doesn't even, like, throw a smoke bomb or anything. It's literally, like, walking back into clearly her house and going inside, and then the neighbor being like, wow, weird neighbor. Like, ugh. It's it's so Now we're at the butchery. Now we're in the butchery kitchen. Um, one of the managing guys is super racist to one of the employees. Oh yeah. Um, he has a knife in his hand. Him being the employee, not the manager. Um, and that's taken as a very the manager grabs thing. a big ass ladle <laughs> and like threatens him with it. And I believe even because like he he's giving them a speech about like yeah we're gonna need to really ramp it up. It's gonna be tough around here. And you know we all need to speak English because we're all working together. Which like yeah it's like. And he it, looks, like, spe- okay, he looks I, directly I, at the Hispanic employee while saying this. Yeah, and, and it's like, you need to speak English. And the guy basically, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think he, he just like, like calls him a bitch. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> something to that he effect. He says something in Spanish, yeah, and then the guy's like, but get that out of my kitchen before I shove this ladle up your ass. And uh, then, like, yeah, and he grabs a ladle and gets aggressive, and then the employee grabs a knife and is like, hey, fuck off, man. And then, uh, yeah, there's a little intervention. And then... The only part I remember being upsetting is the racist guy then goes to Allie and is like, we need to fire that guy. And she goes, I can't fire an immigrant in this climate, which like he's not an immigrant, (laughs) as we find out later. And more importantly, why would your first instinct not be firing the racist guy? Yeah. (laughs) What's really wild uh, is we find out later in the episode that like everybody besides Allie like clearly knows that he's not an immigrant. For some reason, Allie is the only one that like believes this for some reason, Um, which leads me to believe she's never actually even spoken to this one employee. Um, But also like thinking back on it now, especially now that I've had a little bit of additional time for retrospection, it's the whole like we speak English in this kitchen thing is kind of weird because I think as far as I remember from what we've been shown, Pedro is the only Hispanic employee at the butchery. So either like everybody else learned Spanish to speak to Pedro and that's why they speak Spanish and that just means they really hate the racist chef and they don't want him to be included or no one speaks Spanish in the kitchen. Yeah, Pedro... Is, I don't know if he's ever shown speaking Spanish other than calling that guy a bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For being a wiener. Wait, like when he's like, right. don't speak Spanish around here. And the guy's like, fuck you, man. Like, I think that's the only time he speaks Spanish in the whole show. Yeah, it's super <laughs> weird. And like, we we find out later this episode that like he's he was born and raised in America. Like, there's, there's no immigration like involved in this character whatsoever. So the whole like the, the dude freaking out is so... funny but not funny haha funny weird in retrospect um i guess they just wanted to really establish that 
A, the head chef character is a real piece of shit. Just a real piece of shit. Um, which, first of all, uh, maybe Allie and Ivy should be a little more, um, I don't know, uh, prudent when hiring employees that are maybe not racist, if that's going to be an ongoing issue. But, right. But you know what, though? Like, Ivy's the head chef, because they say, mm-hmm. like, you're front of house, meaning Allie, which, why, I don't know. And Ivy's supposed to be the head chef, so is this guy, like, supposed to be, like, a sous chef or a kitchen or I, something? And then if so, like, so. why? I think he's, like, a kitchen manager. I think okay. the idea okay. is he's, like, a kitchen manager. I okay. think it's, like, one of those restaurants where it's so big where, like, Ivy is focusing on, like, some levels of management and recipe development and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think the idea is it's supposed to be the kitchen staff manager. It's just weird because the reason this is so confusing, and it comes up even more in the butchery later on, is they're confused on the size of this Mm -hmm. restaurant. Like, if it is a small service that will seat, you know, 10 to 15 tables at once and serve all of them a Michelin-grade meal... Or if it is a 100 table like superplex cafeteria because (laughs) they simultaneously have the kitchen for both and for neither at the same time. Also, they have a huge fuck off butchery freezer, (laughs) which we're going to find out about later. Mm -hmm. But but every time. Um, Also, they're a coffee shop. Also, they're an ice cream place. So it's like (laughs) the butchery is actually maybe the biggest mystery of all of the American <laughs> Horror Story now that I think about we it. We are only four episodes in, but in the four episodes we have seen thus far, the only like beverage slash food distribution we've seen at the butchery is exclusively coffee and ice cream. No one's ever eaten a meal there. We have not seen a single person eat a meal there, even though there is a full chef staff and, like you said, a huge fuck-off meat locker. And replacing meat ends up being, like, a plot point later in this episode. Like, clearly like, restocking good cuts of meat is, like, I guess the bread and butter, no pun intended, of this thousands of place. dollars of meat, yeah. yeah. Like, Which, like, if you're holding that much product, that means you're going through that much product no like probably weekly at least at this establishment it is and we, yeah. we establish in a later episode while we being the three of us establish in a right. later episode that like this is the smallest town in the united states 15 people live there and it's the same 15 people so i don't know who's keeping <laughs> this business afloat uh who's who's supplying and also consuming um the thousands of dollars of meat that Ivy is buying. Maybe <laughs> Ivy is. Who knows? I think Ivy just wants to make craft ice cream, but she opened a she opened a place called the Butchery and felt a little bit like shoehorned into that specific genre, I guess. Yeah, if you don't want to do meat, don't name your restaurant the Butchery. It sends the wrong signals. <laughs> <laughs> oh that, well, that does lead us into well. one of the best scenes. Um a good sequence of events. Uh which is we go back to Winter and Oz at home. Speaking of Winter being a bad babysitter, um, and Oz is like a little... Here she goes. Yeah, here she goes. <laughs> um, Oz is like a little bit um, standoffish towards Winter um, because at the... she showed him like a gore website like the <laughs> night before and, like... and gave him a spooky clown and was like, hey, here you go. Hey, you hate this, right? Great. Take two. She also like turbo gaslit him and his, his moms about like, him actually hallucinating the murder clowns that did the murder um, and like right. they believed the babysitter not him um, <laughs> this is where Winter does one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen in this television show so she starts to like she asks like Oz like what's wrong and she starts to like um, she's setting yeah, up to do like... the stupid pinky promise thing that Kai does in the first episode um, mm. 
and she walks over to the lamp in Oz's room. Um, I I have to reiterate, <laughs> it is not very bright in this room to begin with. The lamp is very dim. It is providing almost no light. In fact, I think the only light coming in is from like the outside window that's like cracked a little bit because it's daytime still, I think. Um, it, it is a lamp that I would not find. It provides enough light to read comfortably. Yeah, it's like, like a night that's light the level almost. of dim we're talking about. It is yeah. wildly dim. And so to make the room darker for this pinky promise exchange that's about to happen, instead of just reaching down and turning off the lamp like a normal fucking human being, um, Winter grabs a very small T-shirt and lays it over the top of the lamp to make it like a make it. It's again already quite dim in that room. Make it like zero point five percent dimmer. Um, and you know, and you know what's ridiculous about this too is also like first. So she's doing this pinky promise, which again the show like is trying to impress upon you. Pinky promises are a big deal, which they're absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And the conversation is supposed to be like Oz runs away from Winter. Like, hey, you lied to my moms about what happened across the street. Okay, and then Winter's like. All right, well, here's the deal. You and I are going to pinky promise. And Oz isn't like, get out of here, you weirdo. Even I know that's (laughs) ridiculous. He just does it. And then... uh. Honestly, with all of the characters and all of the goddamn pinky promises we see in this season specifically, the the two characters who could hypothetically get away with it and have like some plausible deniability would be Winter and Oz. But like, Mm -hmm. because the first people we saw do this stupid routine were two full grown ass adults, now it has lost all meaning, all (laughs) suspension of disbelief gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so ridiculous. Like, it's like if they had two fully grown adults who own a restaurant and operate one (laughs) just start playing tag in the middle of... Like like a random occurrence and being like, this is very serious. Pay attention. Oh. This is going to be on the quiz. And it's like, I can't care. Ty, it's too stupid. Ty, I it's can't believe stupid. I can't believe you saw the season finale ahead of all of us. <laughs> wow, way to spoil God. it. God, like the pinky promise thing is just so absurd. There's no way to take it seriously. It, it's yeah. dumb. Also, like. It doesn't even work in the confines of the rules they establish. Like, the whole thing of it being, like, you need to be truthful back and forth. Like, it's an exchange. It never works that way. It's mm-hmm. always one person railroading the shit out of the other yeah, one. and the other one's being like, oh, I, I, I held the pinky, so I have to answer. <laughs> and it's just, like, fucking quick drama Graw who asks 40 questions first. <laughs> and this time it's Winter who just goes, are you scared? And he goes, I'm a little nervous, I guess and she goes no you're scared say you're scared right which, again you're scared of the neighbors right like yeah i don't know yeah you are give me your fear it'll make us both stronger which is again a thing she says and yeah. it's still like where did that come from what was that part of a pinky promise well, she, but whatever she acts really weird and like kind of like guilt trips oz who again is a child um about being quote-unquote afraid of the house across the street and i'm like yeah like you may have gaslit his moms and maybe even him into the fact that the clowns weren't real but there was still a quote unquote murder suicide across the street. Like he he's not mm-hmm. like imagining this. Acting like he's weird for being afraid of a house where two very grisly, gruesome deaths just took place. I feel like that's pretty um pretty understandable for a small child. Maybe that's just me. 
<laughs> no. no. Winter thinks he's being a little wiener, and it's time to <laughs> Grow buck up, up, kid. Grow up, wiener. Get over it. Get educated. Give me your pinky. It's time to be an adult. <laughs> oh, my God. And then we see, we see um, Allie and Ivy, like, coming home. Uh, and when they come home... Um, oh, that's right. There's winter, uh, but no Oz. No Oz is with winter. And they're like, hey, winter, the babysitter who is now uh, zero for two on not leaving Oz somewhere that he shouldn't be. Uh, where is Oz? And she's like, I left him with the new neighbors. And they're like, what the fuck, winter? And she's I, like, what? That's not cool. I can't cool? believe winter. It, winter is like managing to trick other people into painting a fence for her and then like getting the payment. Like, it's so absurd. Like, she's just like, I'll just pawn off this adorable little kid with some else and then i'll pick him up later and take the profits amazing first i have to show him a bunch of shit so he never wants to be around me then i keep giving him chances to walk away for a day this way winter can watch 20 kids at the same time big profits she's making the money work for her yeah you love to see it that's really girl boss behavior winter was really Really, the original girl girl boss behavior I was going to say, of the gaslight gatekeep girl boss, she is definitely doing the gaslight. So, like, that is very much on Winter's mission. So, of course, um, because this is now the second episode in which Winter has um, pawned Oz off across the street at the death murder house, um, both Allie and Ivy very upset and go running across the street um, to go retrieve their son. Um, and they like kind of they, they they do their first um, first of many breaking and enterings um, to get to the backyard where they see uh, the beekeeper guy um, basically like just, you know, like a, a nice little exchange of him like showing Oz how like the bee beekeeping stuff works. Um, Allie loses her fucking mind, goes absolutely apeshit bananas. Um, it Okay. Remember in episode one how we established that she's afraid of holes? Um, she looks directly at the honeycomb. This woman who knows she's afraid of holes looks directly at the thing she knows that a beekeeper is holding that is full of holes. And then she again loses her fucking shit because of the holes. And then she goes on like this weird little rant um, about beekeeping and how a beekeeper oh, was, was killed by his bees. No, yeah, like a whole she's like, thing. how do you how do you know those are safe? I read about a beekeeper who was stung. Like, and then Ivy is even like, uh, my wife's weird. Nice to meet you. I'm Ivy. Like, totally <laughs> glosses over it. It's really, really embarrassing for Allie, but she does deserve it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then like, and then like the Harrison, the the husband, uh, you know, is, is like. Oh, what's going on with you, Mrs. Snoopy Pants? Which, okay. Um, and uh, anyway, like, so Allie's like, uh, oh, yeah. Then Meadow introduced herself. And then Meadow does this thing where she goes like, um, I'm so happy lesbians moved in. You guys really help property values. Usually one of you is handy. Which, like, American Horror Story does this thing every so often where they have a character say, like, a kind of a, a, a shitty thing, like an awkward thing like that. Because it's kind of like, how about we try to say something funny and we'll put it in a bad character's mouth. And that way it's that character saying it, not us the writer. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like the the Cartman kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, whatever. It's well, it's we- it's more weird than anything. I uh, So um, anyway, and then Allie is like, um, you know, with what happened, she was curious. And then, and then uh, 
She's like, oh, you mean the murder-suicide that happened? Yeah, we heard about that. We called the, the house owners right at We called the owners right after to put an offer in. And then I think, Ty, you might have pointed this out the last time we did this because it's super awkward because it's like what Allie's yeah. most concerned with. Is she's no. Like, the Changs were renters? Yes, that, I, that was me. I have it highlighted oh, it in my notes because like yeah. there's oh, this, sorry. they like take a moment in the show because like they're talking about like, haha, yeah, there was a murder-suicide. We try to like joke about it so it doesn't scare us as much. Um, and like <laughs> they're talking about like how they, how they, came to buy the house and like how they like tried just to not think about the bad thing that happened um and Allie like the scene cuts away from Harrison and Meadow um to Allie who like you would think if they're t- making a cutaway to a character saying a phrase that it would be something like really important that we the audience would need to like hold yeah. on to as info <laughs> because they're pointing it out specifically with its own shot and all she says is she like kind of under her breath leans over to Ivy and like goes, the Changs were renters and then cuts away. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, what a fucking it's, weird it's this thing. Weird, it's this weird like Allie being like, oh no, was I doing classism wrong? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, could you- it's like, oh Jesus, you dumb idiot. Uh, the other thing, the thing I need to bring up and talk about because we almost glossed over it and we didn't last time for sure. Uh, so yeah, when they mentioned the murder suicide, and they're like, "Yeah, sorry, we were trying not to talk too much about it around our son, who fucking witnessed it firsthand." By the way, <laughs> um, then Harrison and Meadow are both just like, "Yeah, we just like to, you know, have a laugh about it." Murder suicide, <laughs> <laughs> and like they're not doing a joke or anything. Like they don't do like. Part of we try to have a good attitude or have humor about it means like you do jokes. It doesn't mean you just say the thing that's really <laughs> fucked up and grim and laugh afterwards like the fucking Joker. Yeah. That's not what that like. That's literally all they do is they go. Anytime someone says murder suicide, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's not. Uh, but <laughs> American Horror Story and very much so this season in particular loves to do that where they will just say a thing. And then you're expected to think that that was a joke. Like, they'll say something yeah. like mm-hmm. just uh, like the lesbians being handy thing. Right. And yeah. they will just deliver it in a way where they're like, there's no reason or context to think this was a comedic, like a comedy scene. But um, you should be laughing. This was a joke, even though it was not presented <laughs> as such. And it is not funny. This is our attempt at making this a dark comedy. Yeah, boy, howdy, did it not fucking land. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very strange. And also, like, one thing that it's hard to convey the same, like, (laughs) amount of how batshit unhinged this is, but we need to really, really emphasize that Allie is fucking upset that these two people are not, like, more scared than they are. She really, really, and because they are not super scared, which I mean, like, whatever they're weird people and yeah like making a quote-unquote joke about it is in poor taste especially in front of like a child but like you know some people and, aren't and bothered the neighbors yeah, who are their friends the who had them so over maybe for election. like really good friends but, yeah. yeah but like some people do you know they they process like traumatic stuff differently so like not everyone would necessarily be like yeah i know there was a murder <laughs> in my house and it bothers me every day and i think about it like no some people would be like yeah that sucked a lot but hey the house was cheap like especially in like today's economy like yeah it okay yeah. yeah there was a murder in my house at some point that sucks well at least the house is cheap but now also having some empathy to the neighbors right. and their child who witnessed <laughs> yeah. it would Serious. be like becoming of them i right. think to be like 
Yeah. Wow. It was really tragic. Yeah. Sorry you had to go through that. Hopefully if there's anything we can do, like, let us know. Like, yeah. Like if you're the new person moving in on a tragedy, you need to be like pretty fucking chill about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? At least even just have Allie and I say, actually, the Changs were friends of ours. And then they could say, yes. oh, well, I'm sorry. We didn't mean anything by it. It's just you have to have like, you know what I mean? And keep yeah. that bizarre neighbor aspect of it and have it be a little more like things people might say and not yes. weird writers and shit. And speaking but. of um, people talking to each other, not like how people talk to each other, it then transitions to they invite them inside for a little more <laughs> expositional dump. Um, Meadow is making a like a picture of um, crystal light. Um, and she makes this is so common in this specific season primarily um, where they make yeah. a reference. And even I, someone who is very plugged into like pop culture and like, you know, pretty current events at the at the time as well. Um, have no fucking idea what this reference was for because she's making crystal light and she like offers it to Allie and Ivy and she's like, I just can't make her drink this stuff without thinking about Beyonce. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Who is this I, for? Who is this reference for? What are you referencing? I'm lost here. I had I had to look on the American Horror Stories like Reddit because other people were also like, wait, what? And the closest anybody got was like that Beyonce had an album called Lemonade. Yeah, well, I mean, like I thought of that too, but like they make yeah. it a point to say that they're making Crystal Light. They never yeah, say Lemonade, and Crystal Light has like fifty flavors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, to be fun. clear, I'm not even saying that's right. It was just like that's the closest <laughs> anyone got yeah. to making sense at. <laughs> yeah, I want everyone to know that the number one at time of this recording result, if you put in Crystal Light Beyonce to Google, is. Crystal Light got me confused. R slash American Horror Story. <laughs> of everyone just being like, what the fuck does this line mean? What are they talking about? I There's so many times that like, yeah, I don't know if it's just someone like misheard someone else or like they, uh, it's so confusing because the reference, it truly makes no sense. Like it just makes no sense. Like I I think it's just supposed to start the, the chain of us like being like, oh, okay. Meadow's entire characterization is that she's a really shallow person who only cares about like the Kardashians and the real housewives. Yeah. Because then the next thing is, and by the way, especially now that we're two episodes in the future, I can say confidently this never comes up again. Um, they point out, they being Allie and Ivy, point out that there is a lot of Nicole Kidman merchandise around. Um, and they're like, oh, are you guys the fans of Nicole Kidman? And they both are like, yeah, we're the presidents of her fan club in this chapter <laughs> of Michigan. And again, that never comes up again. I, at the time of watching this, had to Google. I'm like, did because they 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 um Billy Eichner's character Harrison specifically says, "Have you seen her character in Big Little Lies? She's transcendent." I'm like, first of all, it is a good show. She is very good in it. But I'm like, that's such a weird shout out to another show that was currently airing at the same time. So I'm like, I'm googling. I'm like, are the directors the same? Is this like a nod to another one of their properties? No. Not at all related, affiliated, or in the same universe. Yeah. This is just a weird Look, call out to a different show that is also airing and has the Cole back, <laughs> This is just, I, I am convinced, looking back, this is just they had no way to naturally lead yeah. into the fact that like Harrison and Meadow have like a convenience marriage mm -hmm. and Harrison is gay mm -hmm. and like that whole. This whole thing where Meadow is supposed to be like disfigured and unfuckable and no one will love her and stuff, which again is just none of it works. No, I, I, from the future, hey, 
Meadow never makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I can say okay. the and full Meadow timeline nonsense, beginning to end, y- fucked up. Yeah, and some the- of you, some of you. He- oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was gonna say, some of you hearing Ty say that might be like, oh wait, is Meadow disfigured? Did y'all forget to mention that? No, she's not. <laughs> no, she's That's not. That's the thing. Like, she's it's absolutely, absolutely not. not. Um, no, she's a Hollywood actress. Yeah, yeah. she's she's very <laughs> hot. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Like, she's like, oh, I had this melanoma once I got, and then, but like, she's not like facially disfigured or something where you look at her or anything. There's no makeup. She just looks like a person. Yeah, like, they mm. really, they really, really want the audience to believe for some reason that Meadow is like disgusting to men and that's like a selling point and like again absolutely no reason to believe that yeah. like she's and- she's a little weird maybe but like not unattractive or unfuckable okay. in any capacity so, so here's what I think the timeline was is they worked backwards from they wanted Harrison and Meadow to have this thing like dynamic between them where, you know, Harrison didn't want to sleep with Meadow because of her, you know, disfigurement or whatever. And then they realized, oh, that's fucked up. That'd be a <laughs> fucked up thing to do. So instead they're like, okay, Harrison's gay. That's why he won't sleep with her. Tight. Makes sense. Should we get rid of the stuff about her having melanomas and stuff? <laughs> no, I'll leave that in. Yep. That's fine. No, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> down with that. That, in. that makes, per- that makes yeah. a lot of sense. That's really actually yeah. like almost all it could be other than just them being completely absent-minded when writing the character. They're like, what other like interesting traits could we give this batshit insane character? And they're like, uh, give her skin cancer, I guess. And then like have nobody want to fuck her for some reason. Make that very important, even though it has Maybe. literally no effect on the plot whatsoever. Is there like a roguelike writing game where they had to do it? Like they pulled a card <laughs> rolled, or something, rolled, you know? Like oh, I gotta write the D twenty roll. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. well, I guess we gotta put a cancer subplot in here, <laughs> even though it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, so like the Nicole Kidman thing goes nowhere. But they do explain their like weird little dynamic where Harrison's very gay, and they had a they made a promise again. Pinky promises come back into play. Not really, but like that's kind of right, what's right, implied. Right. Where when they were in high school, they said if they they weren't married by I don't remember what age they said I think like 35 30 something um, 35 35 um, that they would do terrifying <laughs> terrifying to think about someone yeah. feeling the need to be married by the age yeah. of 30 that's wild to thing. me I don't understand <laughs> that's such a wild hurry and like that's the most batshit insane part of it is like they're like if we're not married by 35 we'll just marry each other and like I could understand if it was like to get health insurance benefits or to be able to buy a house but they don't ever say that it was just like nope we will physically die if neither of us are married by the time we're 35. So as soon as we turn 35, we just went for it. But like, so that's already a weird dynamic. We do this convenience marriage, but like the reason people do that is yeah. For like, yeah. Tax and, reasons or and, banking reasons or health reasons or like and, and, there's yeah. so many reasons for it. And over the course of this couple's entire screen time, they explain none of it. It, yeah. It's so weird. And you know what's like annoying too? Like given that the, the you show's- You just be roommates. You right? just be roommates. <laughs> and given the show's theme, right? Of like politics or whatever, you know, and all that shit. You have a lot of space to write in that convenience mm-hmm. marriage for healthcare and stuff. However you so choose. Nah, screw it. We made a promise. Also, we like, they, now that I'm, I'm even madder now, now that we're doing this again and like I'm having even more time to <laughs> marinate on it, um, I'm, I'm, I'm even a little more upset because like they could have very easily made it a like sticking point where like Ivy or even both of them, Ivy and Allie, like connected on some level with Harrison and Meadow because like 
they are also in a homosexual relationship. So, like, Mm -hmm. if there was some kind of conflict that happened that made Harrison and Meadow have to get married to, like, protect Harrison from losing his job or something like that, like, they they could have made that set of characters empathetic towards the other set. But instead, they just alienate them. It would make sense with the other themes of, like, like Pedro not wanting to be, Mm -hmm. you know, not wanting to fire him because, you know, oh, we can't fire an immigrant in this client. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, yeah, there would be, like, some parallels there. But... Nah. No, they but were just, you know, like it almost the dice didn't land there because American Horror Story writers are so heavy-handed. Really, what it it reads like now, looking from looking at the bigger picture and like looking at from the outside in, it almost looks like they were trying to write like, here we have our hero gaze, and here we have our nasty boy <laughs> gaze, here we have our villain gaze. Like, okay, American oh, yeah. Horror Story <laughs> writing room, maybe not. Because he also, that's the other part of their arrangement is, like, he gets to go into uh, Detroit for, like, once a week to do whatever, and as long as he doesn't embarrass me is the is what she says, yeah, you know? Because this is a totally batshit insane arrangement, like, my thing is still is, um, why do you have to have a rule like that, period? It's not like you got married when he was straight and then, like, he discovered or, like, came, right. came to terms with it and, like, so you were a little bit sore about the the issue. Like, no, you married him knowing that, like, he would not be sexually interested in you. It's not like he's cheating also, on you. the making a fool of me thing, like, you literally explained the situation of your <laughs> marriage to someone who talked to you for two minutes yeah. so like it's clearly not a big deal to you like if harrison did do something you'd just be like oh yeah we're married for convenience yeah <laughs> you know like it's, it's yeah again these characters are just so even confused earlier, so confused earlier this episode they even made a comment like lay it all out there just like on social media mm-hmm. but they clearly don't like what the f- uh, yeah anyway sorry yeah I, so ivy and Allie come home mm. and Allie is super sure that they're up to something um, because they had barrels in their garage, which is fair. No one has barrels in their garage for a good reason. <laughs> That's understandable. I can agree to that. What do, you, what do you need barrels for? What are you storing? Fluids? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> also the beekeeping thing. She's very skeptical of the beekeeping thing as if like, beekeeping has some kind of like nefarious application like i think he's beekeeping for for to do a murder or something like no ally why them sting us yeah yeah (laughs) yeah they're planning on it and like also what a weird thing like at this point we definitely know already that like ally is not all there but like Mm -hmm. what a weird thing to suspect that someone who moved into a house that just happened to have a crime happen at it is like in any way, shape, or form affiliated with that crime. Like, what a weird thing to project onto new owners of a home. Like, ah, someone did a terrible thing in the house you live in. I bet you're going to do a terrible thing. I'm convinced of it. Like, it would make so much more sense if she was just like, I don't know if they should be allowed to keep bees in a suburban <laughs> environment. Like, that would be, like, so much more reasonable. It would just be normal suburb shit at that point of just like, yeah, 
They probably shouldn't have bees in the middle of the <laughs> suburbs, man. Like, they should probably do something about that. <laughs> like, that would have made a thousand percent sense. If, if back in Indiana, someone had moved onto our block and started keeping bees, I guarantee at least three of the neighbors would say shit. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> Especially somebody like Allie, who was, like, a little bit weird about, like, somebody being a renter in We're her neighborhood. Staring through the windows yeah. at someone who moved in and then when <laughs> confronted goes, oh, and goes back home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly. And it should be noted at this point, well, Allie is still, like, going off on her weird little rant. Like, Ivy's like, I don't know. They seem nice to me. Like, Ivy is like, I think you have no reason yeah. to be suspicious of these people. And it's kind of weird that you are. And then Oz comes in because he says he can't sleep. And Allie, for some reason, thinks this is because he ate chocolate, not because of the brutal death murder across the street. Um, <laughs> no. She's like, she's like, that's silly chocolate. That always keeps you up. And he's like, nope, this is definitely about the murder clowns. Um, and then they're kind of like having a cute little family moment on the bed where they're like having a tickle fight. And then <laughs> the most unhinged shit starts to unfold where... Ivy's phone goes off and she's like oh shit the security at the restaurant's going off and (laughs) and then she goes um it must something must be going wrong like something must be like malfunctioning and I'm like what's the point of having a security system if when you think that it goes off it's malfunctioning not that someone's breaking in if your first reaction is that there's something wrong with security system instead of the fact that it's working as anticipated and going off because there's a break in maybe you don't even have one doesn't seem like there's much of a point um but she's like I gotta go to also again when you pay for a subscription for a security Mm -hmm. monitoring service That includes the people who respond to the security stuff going off. That's not your job. That's not, it's not like the old, it's not like you like hook up a little bell to your door that goes dingling and you go, ah, shit, someone's at the door. Time to go handle it. (laughs) Yeah. Like usually there is either it, they alert the police or like the security um, company calls you. Like uh, my Mm -hmm. grandma has a security system like that. And one time I was cat sitting for her and I did the thing she explicitly told me not to do, which was to open the sliding glass door before deactivating the alarm and it set off the alarm and the alarm company called the house while I was in it and they're like what's the code word and I'm like fuck I have no idea and they're like well we're gonna have to dispatch the police if you don't know the code word and I'm like fuck and so I had to call my grandma anyway so yeah there are steps that have to be taken um but for some reason Ivy's like, I'm going to go handle it. And then Allie is like, I guess to try, like Oz is very clearly sad that his favorite mom is leaving. So I guess to try and get back in <laughs> Oz's good graces, um, Allie's like, I'll go take care of it. And I was like, are you yeah. sure? Um, I kind of read it as her trying to make up for being like really afraid of the clowns and everything. So it's like a favor to Ivy. Yeah. But um, yeah, that I mean, either way, though, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. Either like, way, you either... can tell like uh, Allie wouldn't normally have done that. She's doing it to like do a favor, basically. She's right. doing it to try and be nice. This is a show. It's of like it's as if Allie lost her podcast audio from a previous episode <laughs> and is trying to like make up. For it, you know? So like who would you know. do that? Who would do only a monster? Only, only a, a monster coward. would do that. A complete coward. <laughs> only a real jamoke. <laughs> oh my god. And then and then uh, this this is the most batshit insane thing that I think has maybe been said on this show. Of she's like, Don't worry about it. It will only go take me an hour. And I'm like, 
this is you live in the smallest town in the world like worst case scenario the butchery is five to ten minutes away so that's like 20 minutes max commute time what kind of fucking security system do you have that is going to require (laughs) 40 plus minutes to shut off also what a shitty security system that you have to physically go to the store to turn it (laughs) off you can't like turn it off via an app or something like, I thought the idea was supposed to be that this whole place is like a, um, like one of those towns where people drive from the city back to the town to like sleep and then they go to the city to work. But it, the butchery doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like it's in a city. It looks like it's just in the suburbs. So it really doesn't add up yeah, even a but, little okay, bit. So the vibe mm-hmm. I get specifically from the butchery and like even like the city council, like it looks like all that stuff's like close together. The, the vibe I get is that this is like a kind of smaller town that like people maybe go to maybe not for a vacation but like to get away. And like the butchery specifically is one of those like little kind of touristy establishments that like you'd be like oh well when we drove through town i saw this cute little cafe down by the town square like i think slash butcher slash yeah slash coffee (laughs) shop slash you know just it is the only food establishment in town i suppose um but that's what kind of of place is it you fucking name it buster (laughs) yeah we have everything here that's huge small town america vibes though like usually (laughs) in a town like that assuming that's what they're actually going for uh there is one food establishment, and it does do everything. They've got everything <laughs> there. Um, except good security. Yeah, except but, yeah. for a security system that actually works, right. evidently. Um, they do have a dead racist. They do, yes, and that's, they do. Uh, right. that's, that's what's next. Um, <sighs> Allie shows up. She, I guess, does what she needs to do. Um, I actually don't remember what the transitional scene is that makes her go into the freezer specifically. Maybe she No, it's just it's just she's walking around. Yeah. Ah. It's just like she's walking around, the whole place is going off, and then she eventually turns it off and is just I guess checking around because again, mm-hmm. their response to the security system going off was I'm just going to send the owner in alone, <laughs> unarmed, with no lights <laughs> into the building. Yeah. As you Good do. Luck. <laughs> and so keep in she mind, goes keep in into mind, the fucking back. Yeah. This is after yeah. she has supposedly hallucinated killer clowns breaking into this same establishment. Like not even a week yeah. ago. Not even a week ago has passed. So there is reason to believe that there is someone malicious in this building already. Yeah. So she goes into the freezer and finds hung up in the freezer the uh, kitchen staff manager guy who was being racist. And he's dead. And she kind of reasonably freaks out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> at this point, yeah. it's like, uh, that's bad. Which is why she shouldn't be the person here. <laughs> it should be the fucking cops yeah he's specifically Uh, hung up by a meat hook by the way and we're gonna learn in like a very like a scene like very soon from now too she tries to like lift him off the meat hook but then he like kind of she can't lift him obviously and she like he like falls back down and that's what pierces him and she gets all blood on her so she kind of killed the rhyme in a way you know so like uh not Allie's that that not ever doing bo- good. Not that it ever bothers Allie. Allie really doesn't. Right. Li- she has like the memory of a goldfish. She forgets that <laughs> like her actions like 30 seconds after they happen. It doesn't. If she can't remember it, it didn't happen. So you know what? She gets to be upset about it for like 
the time that it's happening and when someone asks her about it. Otherwise, didn't happen to Allie because Allie moves on Or if someone makes her look at holes, yeah. then yeah. she also <laughs> yep. feels it immediately. Like, oh, my lifetime of regret. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see holes. <laughs> and so she, th- that it's a very short scene. That's like the end of it. And then um, it's back at home and this is like a week later. Um, and it turns out, uh, well, her therapist shows up and Ivy's like, look who I found poking around outside. And it's obvious that like <laughs> Ivy called her therapist to come talk to Allie. Cause you know, to be fair to Allie, because Allie has been maybe a little unreasonable about other things. Uh, it's, it's reasonable to be a little traumatized by finding one of your employees murdered. Like that's a pretty sure. traumatizing thing. You, you, you should be maybe checked up on a little bit. Um, so apparently she's missing her therapy appointments. Um, and is just has gone off the rails. Um, and she's really, really mad um, about A, Ivy, uh, like, I guess, calling her therapist, even though, again, it makes sense that she would. Um, but then also the amount you have to pay to get a therapist to come out to, to your, your house to do a personal appointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wild. And then the most batshit unhinged thing that I've ever seen unfold. And this starts, we already had kind of weird characterization for Harrison and Meadow. Um, It's about to get 100% more insane with every sentence that we're about to say. Um, So then as Allie is talking to the therapist, um, she pulls out a gun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, from her uh, kitchen cat like drawer. Yeah, just loose in a kitchen drawer. She's like, "Look what I found." And of course, um as a therapist, I would think that maybe if someone was acting very very cagey and like going off on a rant about I stopped going to therapy because I realized I wasn't crazy. The clowns were real. I wasn't hallucinating anything. We have reasons to be afraid. And then pulls out a fucking <laughs> firearm. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's a that's a reason for concern, certainly, but hey. he doesn't seem terribly bothered by it. Um, he's kind of like, oh, where did you get that? Um, and she's like, well, let me tell you about my friend across the street, Harrison, the guy who I thought was evil for keeping bees. He, like, he's, yeah. he is a wild, wild, wild man who owns an armory of guns because he was worried so, that Obama was going to stop the second amendment. So he, yeah, he, um, we are treated to a scene where Allie is alone with, uh, Harrison and Meadow in their basement or whatever, and there's in front of this gun locker with just like a fucking armory, yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I got one because of that." And like, and they're like potato chips. I couldn't just stop, you know. And he has like a ton of guns, and sh- and he like lends her a fucking gun, mm. and and like he tries you know, to give her an AR-15, and she won't take it. Right, but like, how did this scene happen? Because it's like. She's, like, outside. She sees the neighbors who she's scared of and doesn't trust. And they're like, hey, why don't you come in by yourself to our basement to borrow one of our guns? Like, oh, yeah, sure. I want to know, like, <clears throat> it really does raise the question, like, is there a deleted scene where this decision was made? Did she? Because, like, she does not have any reason, just like us, the audience, to believe that Harrison would have guns. Like, She thinks they're trying to kill her. I yeah, know. Like, <laughs> she, she has no reason to, like, approach him and be like, hey, by the way, uh, someone was murdered at my restaurant. Do you have any guns I can have? Um, just very weird. And then also Harrison being like, 
Guess what? I have tons of guns. I'm literally just giving them away to anybody who wants one. Would you like a gun? And she's like, yeah, that sounds sick, actually. Um, and so she takes the handgun. Again, that's not registered to her. And that Harrison... Which this is... This is how you can tell literally no one on the American Horror Story writing staff is a gun owner because they need no universe. Yeah. <laughs> no universe. Someone yeah. who you saw <laughs> snooping through your windows and who has been acting very sketchy around you and had, does not trust you, you don't give that person a gun. Like, you don't give anyone a I wouldn't, wouldn't lend a gun to a friend without the right paperwork. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And Seriously. Uh, then she has the audacity. Listen, I'm I'm giving Allie a lot of leeway on a lot of things, but then she has the fucking audacity to tell her therapist, you cannot tell my wife or anybody about my gun because of doctor-patient confidentiality. As if fucking therapists do not have, like, literal laws about having to notify anyone who could be in immediate danger of one of their patients having a fucking firearm and being mentally unwell. But of course, this therapist is like, damn, you're right. You really hit me with that Uno reverse card. You're Got right. Me. I can't tell Got anyone about gamer. this gun. <laughs> wow. It's it's like a little vampire curse. Like you found my one weakness. If you tell me, I can't tell people about it. I can't. It's like when you say that you, know, you, you have to tell me yeah. you're a cop. If I ask you, you're a cop. It's that kind of thing. You know, do you know what even makes this like makes her a danger too? Even without all the stuff going on, is hey, Allie, have you ever like actually used a gun before? Oh or yeah. This one in no. Oh, okay. Also, like another thing is like, I mean, the 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 show really wants us and everybody to assume that it was Pedro. Obviously, they want us to make that very like bad assumption because at the, one oh, point Pedro, that well, one yeah. point Pedro held a knife, so he must have murdered the guy in the freezer, but. We and everyone else has no reason not to think that, oh, maybe Allie, the guy who or the lady who found him, maybe had something to do with the murder. Like, well, that yeah. alone is probably reason to not not tell people about her firearm. Like, we can't rule her out as a suspect, but for some reason they do. And that's a reoccurring theme with Allie's character is that she does incredibly insane, unhinged things and is in very close proximity to a lot of murders. Uh, we're about to find out about one in just a minute. But, um, and then everyone's like, nah, it's cool. It's fine. It's Allie's fine. Just Allie having a gun, fine. Everything's fine. Um, Again, the therapist is like, you got me. I can't tell anyone about it. Um, <laughs> and so Ivy's like, is she going to be okay? Like after he leaves, he like catches up with her outside. And he, um, oh, fuck. I cannot remember the exact interaction, but he says something super ominous about like, not yet. Oh, like, yeah. He says She's some like, really like, ominous shit. Yeah. Ivy goes, is there anything else you can, you need to tell me? And he goes, and he like goes, he like pauses and he's like, no, not yet. Which is like, what kind of answer is that? Yeah. I'm like, maybe at least hint to the spouse of somebody potentially threatening um, yeah, that but... there's a firearm in the home. Like, she should be made aware that. Yeah, her this would very much be a case of like, hey, when your wife isn't in the kitchen, you should check out the drawers. Yeah. No reason. And you're like, um, that's a reasonable loophole to the vampire thing. Like, he's not directly saying yeah. that she has a gun. He, she's, he's just leaving some breadcrumbs. Also, it's in the freaking does, kitchen cabinet. How is she like hiding it? It's like in yeah. a drawer. Uh, he, she's Whatever. like, this is, anyway. this is my only, drawer. Not, Ivy can't like, ever go in I'm there. Sorry. A, a kitchen... A kitchen drawer is where she's hiding something. From her chef wife. 
From a chef. <laughs> From her chef wife. She'll oh never think God. of looking at it in the most obvious place. Also, it's not like a high drawer or a drawer or no. like a cabinet. It's very easily oh, Oz. Oz, except- well, Oz yes. could get in that little. Uh oh, Oz would be in that bad boy and shooting, tooting cowboy oh. in 10 seconds flat. Him and Winter, they come home the next day. Him and Winter in the backyard, like shooting cans and stuff. And Winter's like, I thought it was fine. And I'm like, you know what, Winter? That This one's not on you. It's on the person Maybe- who left the loose handgun in the drawer. Yeah. Maybe a, continuing as a young a Midwestern boy who knew yeah. yeah as a young Midwestern boy who remembers growing up and knowing exactly where every knife, sword, and gun was in my house at all times, whether my parents knew I was aware of this information or not. <laughs> yeah, no, that drawer, not good enough. Not good enough. No. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and then uh, because they because this is a, this show is just one self-fulfilling prophecy after another. Um Again, Allie's very upset at Ivy for, like, calling her therapist and is, like, super tilted about it. Um, but Ivy's like, I got to go to my my restaurant where someone was just murdered. I got to make sure everybody's okay and make sure we're getting back on track. Um, and so Allie's at home by herself and someone knocks on her door. And Allie's reaction is immediately to grab a knife, which, you know, is a hallmark um of a stable human being to grab a knife whenever anybody knocks on your door. Very, very stable human being reaction. Um, and who else is at the door but our favorite little 4chaner, um, Kai, mm-hmm. uh, who is dressed in a suit that is far too large for him um, mm-hmm. with a little bit of a man bun. Um, and he's like doing door to door like. Campaign, uh, campaign, yeah, campaigning, campaigning. That's the word I was looking for. Because um, he is running for. Uh, the seat on the council, and then I I'll let Ty or Slow Beef explain the next part because the metaphors. Um, this is where the okay, metaphors. So, hit. yeah, I got really upset during this scene because I almost gave it up to American Horror Story for a second for doing a clever thing, and then literally a line later, they turned to the camera and said, "Look at this clever thing we're doing," mm-hmm. and I was like, "You sons of bitches!" <laughs> so Kai is running for city council, who is someone who would maybe vote on, like, how to spend funds for the park film watch <laughs> this summer. Like, you know, uh, how, 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 w- w- what time of week should we schedule the, uh, the, the annual charity walkathon? Right. Like, yeah. It's that kind of shit. And his platform is anti-immigration <laughs> and the politics of fear. And it's just like, Hey man, that's nothing like even it's like okay it's michigan i get it again from at the at this time this was taking place north northeast indiana so like i get what they're going for but it doesn't fly at a city council level (laughs) like this needs to at least be like if you're gonna do this kind of propaganda this is at least senator level shit like it makes no sense from city council and so Allie answers her door and they have since had a security door put in, which is like a big metal door with big like prison bars on it. Um, And it is also it, it completely covers everything from like the neck down, to be clear. So the person on either side of the fence wouldn't see anything going on uh, other than from the face. Right. Uh, so Kai is giving his whole speech um, and 
I can't even remember what the full exchange is. Like, he starts like, spouting off some nonsense stats. She says, hey, those don't sound right. Where'd you get them from? And he's like, well, from Facebook, like your grandpa. Because again, <laughs> I am the most confused character on the planet. I am simultaneously <laughs> the 4chan alt-right troll who is wise to all this stuff and using it as a tactic. But also I'm falling for it at the same time because I'm just the most confused character. Um then at some point he just starts being like, hey, okay, cool. Yeah, so you're going to vote for me. You should let me in. Because she remembers. She's like, oh, you're the little shit that threw coffee on me yeah. and my wife. <laughs> like, and, hey, you're that little bastard, man. And then he's like, yeah, I am. Um, Sorry, I changed. Can you let me in? By the way, I need to pee. And then she's just like, no, you little freak. And he's like, well, come on. I'm, I'm a tired little guy. I need to sit down. And like keeps doing this weird back and forth. Of like, let me into your house. And, yeah. she, you know, her yelling no. Um, you know, after calling him a racist and, you know, calling out his dumb immigration statistics that are totally bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, and then again, they're trying to do this whole metaphor of, you know, like he's trying to, you know, she's claiming she's trying to be open and accepting to everybody, but she's the one behind a wall with a knife behind her back. I'm trying to build bridges, not walls. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, cool. They're doing like kind of, this is almost clever. Like they're, they're showing something without saying it. And then unfortunately a second later, they have Kai grab the bars of the door, shake the door and go, this is a wall. This metaphor, this is a metaphor for a wall and you have it. Bridges and walls you say how about this like yeah thanks edgeworth great good also he notices the knife behind her back which doesn't make sense in the way they filmed it so i can only assume that kai has the ability to smell both knives and blood based on stuff we see that happens later kai i think can smell both knives and blood I still think he's Clown Admiral Thrawn, and he's like such a. She's supposed to be so like intelligent that he just predicts that he she has it. You know, that's my. Yeah, it's a lot. And then like it's a lot. There's um a very very a very brief scene. Um, (laughs) I love this scene because the note I have in front of me, I can't remember which one of you two this is. It's scene eleven at the butchery. Ivy slash Pedro, colon, bullet point one. Pedro is not an illegal immigrant. It's Scene mine. 12. It's at mine. home with Winter Oz and Allie. Yeah. 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 It, it is truly a micro scene where like it's just I, Ali, no Ivy at the butchery with Pedro and Pedro's like, here's a, a sentence to establish that I'm not an illegal immigrant. And then that's the end of the scene. And then they go back to home with Winter Oz and Allie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. By the way, that does oh, yeah. not serve a purpose later. I wrote in my notes, thanks for this scene. <laughs> Afterwards. That's how I felt. I think in retrospect, again, with the power of retrospect, I think this scene was literally to remind us that Pedro exists yeah. and who he is. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. And also, like I said, the one thing that you could miss here, because they do a piss poor job of trying to illustrate it, is that the only person who even considered that he might be an illegal immigrant is Allie, who's supposed to be this very open-minded, like progressive mm-hmm. person. So it's supposed to be a little nod to like, oh, the most open-minded person makes the most 
assumptions about their employees, which I'm like, it more so just makes it seem like Allie's an asshole just in general. Like she's not and kind of just dense. Yeah, like, she's just kind of dense. Yeah. She's well-meaning, but she's really dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a weird like additional characterization for Allie. They just really wanted to hammer it home, but in a really weird, stupid, passive way. Um, I do want to because I this one this this note really tilted me. Um, we're at home now with Winter, Oz, and Allie. Um, Winter is now staying with them like more uh, consistently because they were scared of the like the murder that happened at their store, I guess. Um, and uh, Oz has no fucking pillows on his bed, like a little fucking pervert. Um, I really hated that detail. Like at least at least put one pillow on this kid's bed. Don't make it seem like he's laying flat on the bed every night. That's fucking weird. Also, no wonder he can't sleep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like she kind of she being winter um puts Oz mm. to bed um in a really passive aggressive fucking way um he's like I'm scared of oh, clowns is this, where she, is, is this where she like doms yes. him to bed yes yes <laughs> where he's like I'm scared of the murder clowns and she's like too bad dipshit and he's like well what if what if I can't tell if I'm sleeping or not or if it's a nightmare or not because remember she gaslit him into thinking it was a night terror um right, he right. goes just or she goes just ask and then she walks away and i'm like damn savage like <laughs> r.i.p oz destroyed yeah. and as oz is being put to bed yeah she's just like you don't need me to tuck you in or any loser shit like that do you she like, <laughs> well, yeah, like, she like actually says that and he's she, like he's like nine yeah. like what the f- just fucking owns him it. just so owns fu- oz just owns this little kid that is just trying to be a little kid just fucking destroys Again. him Winter is in a constant flux between being a, you know, 23, 24 year old fresh out of college who went way too ham or, you know, still in college age, went way too ham for politics and, you know, is trying to reconcile what's going on. And then occasionally just like a 13 year old bully. Yeah. (laughs) Like. very weird very weird it's very funny though and that's one of the more redeeming qualities in my opinion about winter (laughs) is that winter just does fucking winter's like a cat winter does fucking whatever and everybody's like yeah that's fine um it's fine that winter did that she's cute and kind of gothy we like that it's a it's she does have some negative aspects like she is always tearing up the curtains for the summer goths yeah Yeah. Uh, and then I don't remember exactly what's happening, but Allie is like eyeing her bottle of Xanax and like having a little like disassociation moment. And Winter, who I do stand by the fact we should put a bell on Winter because no one can ever identify when she enters the room ever, period. Um, she startles <laughs> Allie and Allie's like, whoa, my Xanax. And um, <laughs> Winter says something to the effect of like, you don't need that stuff. And Allie's like, you're right. I don't need that stuff. I don't like it anyway. Um <laughs> and she's like, do you, do you, I know another way we could relax. Like, uh, do, how about some bath salts? And the way she says it, she clearly means like run a bath with bath salts. But the way yeah. she says it is like, and again, it's winter. So it definitely could be taken this way of like, hey, do you want to go take some bath salts? Like, 
Yeah, after someone being like, yo, that Xanax is making you foggy and slow. You know what'll make you fucking sharp? <laughs> you know what'll make you fucking sharp as a razor? <laughs> let's do some meth. Let's do some fucking bath salts upstairs. Yeah, let's let's do some fucking gray market meth and cause problems. <laughs> Which, again, if any other character had said this, I would be like, yeah, relaxing bath salts. But since it's winter, I'm like, it is truly 50-50 on whether she means doing bath salts or like taking a bath it is truly 50 50 given how winter has handled literally every other scenario truly 50 50 yeah like yeah she absolutely could have just pulled out like either yeah a bot like an actual thing of real ass bath salts just regular salts or just like a baggie of mephedrum <laughs> and either way i would have been like Makes sense. Yep. That, that's in character. Get a little clown lady. <laughs> that, that makes yeah. sense for this character. Certainly does. Um, then it transitions to what I referred to as the hell bathroom. Um, just truly the worst room I've ever seen. It is a no less than 900 square foot room. Um, just a truly like a ballroom sized bathroom with a clawfoot tub directly in the center of it. Meaning mm-hmm. like if you were to slip and fall, nothing to hold on to. No way to nah. pull yourself out of the bathtub. You're dying in that bad boy. Um, and there are <laughs> windows everywhere. Fully windows all around the bathroom. And it's got like huge vaulted ceilings. Just truly a hell room. Um, and like a like a barn style door on the front, fireplace. like it's like a huge sweeping double door and a fireplace in it. Yeah, like it it reminds me of like the bath doom or like any of those like really overdone yeah. bathrooms to the point that people would like critique it for being like, well, this is a bit much. <laughs> it's that it's it's just a bit much in every regard, while also like lacking things that I think you would want in a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> to be functional. Yes, very much so. You know, like a place to put your toiletries when you're taking a bath, you know, like soap and no. stuff like that. Nothing to put that you don't, on. You um, don't need that. And so Allie's in the hell bath. Um, and again, we have to put a bell on Winter because she startles Allie again. She just shows up in the bathroom. Um, and Allie's like, oh, what the fuck? Um, and then like <laughs> this begins the Winter seduction arc where like Winter um, tries to put the moves on Allie for some reason. Um, most mm-hmm. un- the, the most by far upsetting part of this episode is that um, Winter begins to sponge bathe alley at this point <laughs> and winter puts does not roll up her sleeve she's wearing like a long sleeve winter mm-hmm. or a wednesday adams style dress um does not bother rolling up her sleeves to do this just sticks her full ass sleeve and, into the bathtub like up to her elbow like it wet. Yeah. it's not a crime <laughs> just a truly upsetting image very upsetting isn't she image. wearing like isn't she wearing like doily ass sleeves too? Well, she at this point? she takes off her she takes off the dress and is wearing like pants and like a midriff shirt underneath, and it's a long sleeve shirt. And then she shoves that oh, in the right. bathtub. I forgot. Yeah, she like starts undressing in front of Allie, and you Allie doesn't go steamy. like, yeah. "Hey, don't do that." Yeah. she's just like. Yeah, this is Which, fine. I want to see where this, where this goes. We, we glossed over it a lot more this time than we did when we first recorded the episode, but it should also be noted at the very start of the episode, um, for the first time... Uh, Allie and Ivy are about to bang which again Ivy so desperately wants to bang her wife and this is now two for two episodes where Ivy gets cock blocked by clowns um, so remember Ivy is sexually frustrated because her wife never has sex with her um, and now Allie's like 
I could fuck the babysitter, I guess. Um, <laughs> and Winter like starts uh, fiddling her hoo ha under the water. Um, it's, it's great because she's sponge bathing her, and then the subtitles say "soft splash." <laughs> Yeah, which, you know, the universal sound for being finger-banged with a sponge, basically. (laughs) Um, And, like, as that starts happening, um, the power starts freaking out. um, And they're like, oh, clowns probably. Um, And she's like, Oz. (laughs) Um, And then it cuts to Oz, who is is awoken by a clown who is sneaking through his room. Um, And he, truly Chad interaction between Oz and this clown, because... He goes, am I asleep? And the clown goes, yep. Yep. And then Oz <laughs> goes, cool. And then rolls back over and goes to sleep. And I'm like, hell yeah, little man, fuck it up. Yeah. Um, truly has a handle on this situation. He And then just, again, just out like a light. And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, Oz, that's a fair reaction. Because what are you going to yeah. do? Like, if I wake up yeah. and there's a murder clown in my room, I'm just going to be like, am I sleeping? If they say yes, I'll be like, cool. And yeah. worst case scenario, I go back to sleep and they murder me in my sleep. At least I'm not awake you, for it, I guess. Kill, just do me a favor and kill the mom I don't like. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like just, pick, that's pick all the mom I, I like less, please. Right. And then that kicks off um truly the most wildest 10 to 15 minutes of television um that has ever occurred so the power goes fully out now um they're kind of panicking a little bit um they hear banging (laughs) uh downstairs and they are greeted by harrison who gives my favorite line of this entire show period (laughs) which is lesbians we're under attack. And I'm like, yes, Harrison, fuck it up. And that's when we learn um, another very confusing uh, characteristic about Harrison's character, which is that he's a diehard like doomsday prepper, um, which I guess is kind of what we're supposed to glean from the fact that he's beekeeping and he has a lot of barrels, et cetera, et cetera, and a bunch of guns. Like, we're just supposed to assume that, I guess. When you first said barrels, I thought you were referring to the guns via euphemism, and then I remembered, no, he's just got, like, a lot of barrels. Yeah, he's just got got drums. The man's got drums and stuff. He's a dude with a lot of drums in his garage, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, But he's, like, and he's, like, explaining what's going on, meaning that, like, this happened and he beelined across the street, no pun intended, Um, just immediate and he has he starts handing them like candles and shit and he's like there was a terrorist attack i heard it on my radio it took out eight states worth of power and at this point some of you who aren't watching the show are probably thinking damn what a fucking wild subplot to introduce um (laughs) they never mention that again this is the first and only time that they ever mention the terrorist attack that takes out eight states worth of power which is never like debunked as being fake or anything by the way it allegedly just happened um, but like, n- no one really cares. It happens and then it's fixed, and they're like, "Oh, thank it's God, a, that's over." Like, it's a weird like midichlorians moment of like they could have just had a power outage and not explained it because that's something that happens every day yeah. to people oh, oh, all over the and- world. Where like your power goes out for an hour and you go. <laughs> Oh, fuck, power's out. And then an hour later, it comes on and you go, nice. On, I wonder what happened. On top oh, of well. all of that, <laughs> we find out in like five minutes that the clowns also cut the power to the house. So there is right. a both a terrorist attack that takes out eight states of power and clowns cut their power at the same time. They got double which, owned. Which I can't overstate. Everyone else's power going out, but theirs. 
is like not only not important to the story, it is actively written out of some parts where they're like, oh yeah, there was a backup generator there, so the power didn't go out. It's like, guys, you could have just not had the power go out. Yeah. Like they wanted the thing is they needed to manufacture a reason Harrison would run over and yeah. say lesbians were under attack because they realized they're like, shit, we have one redeeming quality this whole episode. We really gotta get this line out. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the only reason for this attack to have taken place. Because otherwise, literally the only thing that matters is their power is yeah. out for a while. The attack, nothing. And- N- not relevant to the plot whatsoever. It's like never mentioned again. No one is like ever, never, no, no one brings it up ever again. They bring it up one time, I think in the next episode, in one passing statement, just so they can reference this next line, which is when Allie calls Ivy, who is at the butchery still, who also has lost power. Because um, again, eight states lost power. And it's really funny. I made a note here. Um, she's dialing the phone, Allie, and is going, Ivy, 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 like in a panic attack. Um, but the subtitler for Hulu just put, I, 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 which is very funny. Is it ISIS? And like, She's like, like <laughs> Allie is losing her shit, and Ivy's like, yeah, we heard the power went out, the power's out here, we're trying to get the generators on, blah, 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 and then Allie goes, what if it's ISIS? And I'm like, I don't know, Allie, what if, what if it is ISIS? Who knows? Um, and again, they reference that line in the only other time that they ever mention this happening, which is, I think, the next episode, and they're like, well, that we had that power outage because of the terrorist attack, and they're like, it could be anybody, it could be ISIS, or the clowns, like, just the dumbest shit I've ever heard my life um but of course during this phone call oh oh, wait there was a little brief moment before this happened before she calls her wife where winter's like oh terrorist attack word i'm leaving i'm going home because harrison's (laughs) like people are gonna start looting immediately get ready to defend your house um and winter's like that shit sounds like it sucks i'm gonna go back to my house and protect my shit and Allie's like no that's shitty you should be here with me." me Yeah, right. you can't leave me. And she's like, I definitely can. Goodbye. And then, like, Allie's, <laughs> like, upset later. about that. And I'm like, that that makes sense. That's... Winter leaving <laughs> makes sense. Like, Winter wanting to go protect her family and her house makes sense. Um, also, uh, if again, with future perspective here, this gets brought up later. And Allie is, like, still mad about it <laughs> yeah. the next day. Yeah. Of just, like, I can't believe... You didn't stay with me, a weird old lady you were trying to seduce who's having panic attacks and hallucinations with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> like, Can't believe you're not here how, with me. Can't believe you didn't choose to stay with me. How dare you didn't stay here. Do you not understand yeah. what the job of a babysitter? <laughs> yeah, didn't you? I thought we had something with the tub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The soft splash? Uh, n- nothing? And then so and then then the phone call happens with Allie and Ivy. And during this, Allie's phone dies for some fucking reason. Her phone dies. And so Ivy's like then it cuts to Ivy at the butchery and she's like, fuck, my wife's phone died and she's really having like a panic attack. Um and she's like, but I can't leave. Um I don't um, want to see her. Yeah. Uh, Pedro, will you go to my house and take this phone charger to my wife? Which first of all, we need to unpack this whole entire thing. First and foremost, um what is a phone charger going to do in a blackout? Just curious for because it's they show the charger. It's not like they just mention a metaphorical charger. They show the right. phone charger. It's a wall charger. Yeah, they don't mean a power brick. They mean a wall yeah. charger explicitly. It is yeah. fully like a wall like plug 
into a USB-C charger with no questions asked about it like you even see the plug um so he hands or uh ivy hands him this loose phone charger and is like can you go to my house and take this to my wife and he's like sure and then she goes she does this very strange uh, like weird thing where she's like and while you're there take this too and then she hands him like some salt and pepper shakers um what they needed him to do in this scene was they needed to have a reason he was holding a box for some reason to like yeah. imply that he's a yeah. looter and he's there to loot their house they needed pedro to hold a yeah. box for some reason um and so which, they made him take her salt and pepper shakers in a blackout basically yeah which is real weird and <laughs> this is also where literally everyone in the group i was watching this with the first time mm-hmm. as it wasn't even like it was as soon as her phone lost power and Ivy said, Pedro, like yeah. immediately everyone in the call was like, oh, she's going to shoot Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, she's clearly, oh, he's about to get shot. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> they're going to think this is like, they're going to think this is deep somehow. It's not, but they're going to be really sure it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, they definitely, they foreshadow it a lot. Um, and... Then as soon as then it cuts back to Allie, who is, again, still having a meltdown. Um, And then she hears the ominous ice cream truck from the last episode. And she's super like freaked out by it, um, which I was confused by because she was not present for the ice cream truck thing that happened in the last episode. So for all she knows, that's just a regular ass ice cream truck. And Mm -hmm. also, I think American Horror Story wants us to have an association between ice cream trucks and clowns. (laughs) And I cannot overstate, that isn't anything. That's nothing. Nowhere in Americana or Americana tradition is there a clown in the ice cream truck. Do you know what's in the ice cream truck? A nice person who sells you ice cream. That's who's in the truck. It's not a clown. It sometimes plays Pop Goes the Weasel as it rides around, and that sometimes gets associated with clowns. But there's not a clown in the truck. I really like, I just gotta be sure everyone's clear on this, that Liz makes a really good point. There's no reason Allie would see an ice cream truck and be like, that's where clowns come from. <laughs> clowns come from clown cars. We have a term for a them. Circus. It's got the name clown in it. Oh my god. Yeah, she's real upset about the ice cream truck, and she's like, that definitely Why? means there's clowns. I don't, the more I think about it, the more angry <laughs> there's that ice cream trucks don't have clowns in them. <laughs> oh, but this, this one does, evidently. And so she freaks the fuck out and runs upstairs. I think, I think she's originally going to go check on Oz, because up until now, she hasn't bothered to do that um and is accosted by a clown on the stairwell um i don't remember if she finds out the power is cut before or after i think before she goes to like check the backup generator because she notices the security system isn't working um and she's like what happened to the battery power and she went and then she finds that the power has been just like her fuse box has been fucking destroyed i'm like so there was a terrorist attack conveniently exactly the exact same time that the clowns also decided to cut her power that double sucks for them i guess um and that's when a, we get a clown jump scare. Um, and she starts to be chased by clowns who are in her house. Um, and she's accosted by a clown on the staircase. Um, it's the lady clown uh, who just gets fucking yeeted by tiny ass, weak ass Allie over the banister. Um, like it's really fucking nothing. Like she even had the high ground. She being the clown had the high ground and still just beefed it and gets yeeted <laughs> off of the staircase by Allie. Um, who makes it back upstairs a little bit further. Um, 
and gets Oz and is like, we're fucking leaving. And she like gets Oz and is like pulling Oz downstairs. And she's like, <laughs> she has a gun at this point, by the way. Um, and Oz <laughs> is like, holy shit, a gun. And she's like, yep, good thing I have this gun. And she's like explaining that like there's clowns in the house. We're going to go across the street. You're going to hold on to my hand and run with me um, across the street. And I'm like, I don't know that you need to do that. Like, it's a very confusing set of demands that you've given this child that you just woke up from a dead sleep. Um, she's like yeah both telling him like stay with me but also you need to run far away like the wind and it's just like what but wait which do you want yeah which one of these (laughs) Uh, things do you want me to do but Oz is a little bit stupid he gets that from his mom so like he he's like whatever um and then of course as she's like trying I don't even remember exactly what causes it but she's fumbling to open the door for some reason um And in that brief moment, that opens the window of opportunity for Pedro to come around the corner um, with With the box box in hand. And she immediately, I guess, is like, the looters are also here. Damn, this is the worst day of my life. And she starts screaming and shoots him like five times. Um, Oh, no, someone's stealing material goods. Good thing I'm a capitalist. Time to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Time to, time to murder. Which is very funny because the the show wants us to think that the reason she shot Pedro was because she thought he was going to be a looter because of what Harrison said. But like in the context of what is going on, it would have made more sense for her to mistake him for a clown or something. But because of how they framed it. She thinks that he's a looter. So Allie is now in a blackout slash terrorist event being accosted by killer clowns and a looter showed up to her house. Like Allie is having maybe one of the worst nights in her mind because this show cannot figure, cannot pick a struggle and has decided to give her 50 struggles at every (laughs) opportunity. She cannot just have one. She has to have a billion struggles every time. Um, And then she does a murder. She murders Pedro. Um, And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) That's that's the horror yeah. thing we end on. Before it was clowns in your bed, that it's congratulations, you panic shot somebody. <sighs> it's a, it's so much. It's so it's so much. <laughs> it being yeah. this episode and the entire show. Yeah. Uh thanks everyone for joining us for episode two of this uh show. Um, it's Jesus. So much happens all the time. I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't slow down. Even seeing, seeing this a second time or like, you know, reviewing it a second time. Um, it really does make the pace of the show even more bewildering because I feel like they introduce 10 threads an episode and of those 10, maybe three are relevant. (laughs) It's just like red herrings constantly. It's just like constant red herrings and like Chekhov's gun. Like that's all this show is made of. And Allie has a kill count now. Like, she's two, you yeah. know, technically. I mean, she had an assist on the first guy, but still. Two, two in, the, in one episode, by the way. Went from nice. zero to two in one singular episode. I will say. Well, the good news is she killed two people, <gasps> but no one, there were no dudes jerking off this episode. I was literally just you know, about to say. We, you know, I, I guess we can give, like, half points because, like, Winner went to, you know, do a little finger. I said that. That's That's true. Yeah. and I had a disagreement because I'm like, wow. Because when we were getting ready to record for episode four, I'm like, wow, four for four on dudes jacking off, right? And then you were Um, like, like, well, no, nothing happens in episode two. I'm like, well, she finger bangs Allie in the tub. And then we had to discuss the semantics of whether that counted or not. (laughs) Okay. 
I will say it does count as someone, you know, receiving the business okay. downstairs. <laughs> it is not the same visual element no. as because it's presented as like a seductive thing, mm-hmm. whereas all the other times it is definitely a jerk off jump scare <laughs> every single time where it's just like, uh oh, here I, comes the masturbating fella. This is probably a good time to stop on like when when the, the view listeners like all the other times like see you next time. Uh, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah. Uh thank thanks for listening to the great and terrible Oz. I'll I'll catch y'all next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez.